Give it to Brian. <laughs> My favourite name of all time, Brian. <laughs> right, Spider, I've got a treat today. I've actually got a bloke who services my motor. His name's Matt from Launch Marine. He's a terrific bloke, and we're going to get some information and some insight off of him of what he's seen and, and, and things to do about looking after your one and only your motor. I, well, I think that'd be one of the most important things to look after, I would have thought. It is, it is. And here we've got Matty now. G'day, mate. How are you? Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, we're great. We're great. Just uh, before we do get into all the maintenance of boats and motors and trying to look after them in the best way and talking about technology, yep. how they've progressed over the uh, the years, um, does Herb keep his motor in pretty good shape? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. No, I, I, I service it regularly for him, so... <laughs> Nah, he's, he's, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> There'd be nothing worse, and we'll get to that in a bit. But tell us a bit about your business, Matt. Tell us what you do, and I love it because you're mobile. So give us a bit of insight yeah. about your business, what you do, and, and what we can expect if we're going to get you for a service. Okay, so basically, yeah, I can I can come out. I can service on ramps at your backyard, uh, people's driveways. Customers seem to love that because it just takes out the hassle of taking it to the dealer. Outboard maintenance, mate. Just, um, just anything. Twelve volt maintenance. You being, you spending a lot of time out in the boat. You know, yep. you want everything working correctly all the time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for, Matty? Twenty odd years. Now. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what? For me, and it must be frustrating for you, but a lot of people don't keep up with maintenance. It's good for you because it gives you a business to do. Do. But one of the most important things is if you keep up with maintenance, you're you just, you know, taking out situations that could come bad when you're taking a day out on the water oh for sure for sure and it starts before you even get out on the water too so obviously the day before you want to you want to take your trip you go over your boat you you check your bilge pumps are working you check your motor starts your battery's good no water in the fuel system it can ruin your day out there oh no Um, doubt definitely no doubt what sort of tips have you got, Matt? Like, I've come home. For, for the people that have just bought a boat, they don't understand what to do, and there's a lot of them. What are the best tips you could give someone? They've come home from fishing, as you said, preparation before you go out to make sure you're good to go. But when you come home, probably the best thing. What's the best thing that they can do to keep on top of their outboard? Flush. Fresh water. Yeah. Fresh water, especially if you're using it in a saltwater environment. Fresh water, it's paramount. You want to make sure you flush your motor properly. Salt water can can really get into all the all the little nitty gritties inside the engine or, and um, start corrosion and corrosion can quite easily kill and um, can it can cause a lot of damage inside engines. So salt water is not good for anything. It's not good yeah, for yeah. cars. It's not good for boats. It's oh, fresh water. So flush flush your motors. Uh, wash your boat down. Good quality soap studs and yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that, Matty, because yeah, salt water is only good for one thing. It's when you got a sore throat and you gargle. That's <laughs> that's not too bad. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and ulcers in your mouth if you're that crook. But hey, is it worthwhile getting some of this salt killer or whatever they have out all these products, or is fresh water gonna do exactly the same? Good point. Uh, no, the, the products do help, mate. Yeah, the products okay. do help. Not to endorse them, but like obviously the, they're all pH balanced, pH neutral um, products, so they are good for cleaning away salt. But I mean, even even just um, like washing your boat down, just the normal wash and wax is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Truck wash uh, or something. Uh, yeah, truck wash not so much. Um, but yeah, more, more. Yeah, yeah. Truck wash is not. Really not great, especially for fiberglass boats, because it can it can really start taking the waxes out of the gel coat. Yeah, um, right. So just a, just a normal wash and wax normally suffices. 
There you go. And now, see, I've been doing it wrong. I don't even know. I've had boats for a long time. But um, tell me, what is the worst job you've ever turned up, like rocked up at a bloke's house? He's had a go at his motor. For the people that want to have a go, what's the worst thing you've ever turned up to? Like an ice cream container full of nuts and bolts and everything's in bits. And you're like, oh, dear. What's the worst job, Matty? Oh, I don't know if I'll go into that one too much, but I have. I, I think I have walked away from a couple. <laughs> oh, that's scary! Have you? What do you? What do you just say? Just say, mate. You. Um. Yeah. Sorry, but I, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's best to leave it to to a trained eye and the professional. Obviously, Definitely. there are a lot of basic checks and and periodical checks that a normal um, consumer can can do, like just checking your oil. And as as I said at the start, like obviously. Yeah, check to make sure your battery's fully charged and there's no water in the fuel system. Just periodical checks before you even hit the water. Um, and then um, if something doesn't look right or is you think needs attention, then um, give a mechanic a call. Give a give a train technician a call because nine times out of ten, they'll fix the problem a lot quicker than what you can. And it just gets done right. And then it's peace of mind for you as well. You Absolutely. Know, it's going to last on the water. Yeah, and that's the main thing. Like, if you don't want to be stuck out there, you, that's one place you don't want to be stuck no. at. But can I ask then? It's a bit hard to walk home, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been around for uh, you know in the industry for twenty years. Yep. Technology has changed so much. Oh. How are the motors today compared to to back in the day? And you know, for you, what do you see as probably one of the most reliable motors for people? Any any motor that that is built these days is normally pretty reliable. Yeah, um, manufacturers, you know that that. They've got to back their engines. So anything you buy um, is pretty reliable. But as you say, technology has come a long way. Um, they're obviously a lot quieter now and a lot more, getting a lot more horsepower out of them now too So and, and a lot more fuel efficient. So obviously just going down the four-stroke route, a lot of um, manufacturers are able to hone in on on getting high horsepower out of them as well. What is the oldest motor you've seen? You know, when you've turned up and, you know, we're talking to the Wiz. Oh, uh, Chrysler. Yeah, we're talking to the Wiz, uh, you know, oh, oh, a yeah. few episodes ago now. But his boat was from the late 1800s, 1880 or something like that. A little putt putter. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I haven't seen anything that old of. I have worked on an old British seagull before. Oh. Um, I don't know if you guys know what they are, but yeah. um, a lot of sort of early 70s. I have worked on a few 60 model, um, 1960 model outboards, but um, obviously that's all sort of really phased out now too. So yeah, um, a, lot aren't, a lot aren't going these days. So They're all anchors now, aren't they? That's what they used to call the old Chrysler, the white yeah. anchor. Yeah, the white anchor. Yeah. White anchor. Yeah. When she, yeah. when she yeah. stops, yeah. just push her in. Unbolt <laughs> it. Yeah. Do you get frustrated when you see people when you rock up and they've just, you know, abused their motor? Yeah, I do. Very, very few cases, though, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. A, a lot of people are really good these days. They, you know, they they know the importance of of um keeping your boat well maintained, and there's a few cases where you sort of get out there and go oh wow well, you could be doing a lot more and and yeah. people even um say to me oh i don't really flush my motor properly and I, I just pull it up on the dock and give the boat a quick wash down and and um and walk away from it and I'm like, oh you, you know you're not gonna last that long if you're doing that mate 
that's it, eh? And, and that's the biggest thing is just making sure that you do spend that bit of time when you get back, rinse it out, flush, wash it down, take the cowl off, have a look inside there for any salt built up. That's usually what I do, uh, yep. you know, and just make sure that it's pumping water uh, and, you know, the old saying, isn't it? Every 100 hours or once a year, Matty. That's when I see once you. Correct. Yeah, That's it. Correct, so, and, yep. and and that'll be a change of your impeller to make sure that your the water's gonna your motor's gonna yep. pump water for the year. You know, new oils, yep. uh, new lubes, new gear oil. Yep. Basically, the standard service once a year, and you'll have trouble free boating. And that's I go out in the water, I catch a fish, and I go, "Thanks, Matty. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good bloke, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got no issues. Yeah, yeah. I heard a, another tip too the other day, and I don't know where I heard this herb. And it yep. could have been on this podcast. I don't know. I can't remember. But you should never use Vaseline. On what? On, um, no, no. <laughs> Sounds wrong, doesn't it, Herbert? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. On um, all your, uh, oh, your rubbers, your plastics and everything around there because cause it corrodes the, the Vaseline gets into your, your rubber stoppers rather than lube. I don't know that. Is that right, Matty, or what? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually not entirely sure, but I. I you know where yeah, I heard being, I, being a petro, being a petroleum jelly, it's um, it probably would dry, dry all your rubbers and stuff out. So you, you know where I heard that? Nah, the a pool shop, as in like a normal, yep. like a, a swimming pool shop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. just to, just to make <laughs> sure. So what is the best thing? So. It's, you know, a lot of people get the WD out. I'm not really a big fan of that. I'm more of a silicon spray man. What's the best thing to spray on, like your wiring or your battery or any parts of your motor, Matty? What what, what is the best thing to use on your engine, mate? I I recommend um, something say a Lanox, yep, because it, it leaves a nice coating on the engine. It doesn't dry out all the rubbers and all the all the wiring harnesses and, and the plastics and stuff like that. So a Lanox is a good product. Whereas your WD-40s and CRCs, they, they can dry your wiring and plastics and rubbers out. Yep. And the same but with yeah, wiring? Like any, you know, like same... Yeah, just, just a... And, and it's just a light spray, mate. So if you lift the cowling up after your, after your day out, it um, doesn't need to be done every time either, but after your day out, you don't see any salt there. You just want to give it a little bit of love. You just just a really light spray yep. with with Lanox. Um, generally keep keep the Lanox away from the starter motor. Some starters have a have a rubber a rubber bush in them that it can deteriorate. But yeah just just a really light spray around the around the entirety of the engine and um yeah you're normally pretty pretty safe. Have you ever got the phone call when somebody's needed your help yet they're out at, <laughs> out, out on the water? Sea. Oh, plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, plenty of time. Really? Uh, Have you ever uh, had to go out there? A couple of occasions. I've yeah, put my own boat in and and putt out there and, and try and get them going. But generally it's a it's a job for um for your coast guards and, and VMRs and stuff like that. Um, and then it's get them jo- get them home get them home safe and then and then and it's then your it's, job. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then it's my job, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Well, look at that. Some great information. Yeah, uh, Matt from Launch Marine, you're a good bloke, a terrific bloke. I'll be seeing you very soon. Mine's up for its yearly service. Uh, fantastic to talk to you, mate. Give some people some insight on what to do with your outboard motor. Absolutely. And uh, it's been a good yeah. chat, mate. Matt, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Can we ask, uh, do you enjoy fishing and what's the biggest fish you caught? Or you're not a fan of it? Probably have to be a, I forget actually how, how much it weighed now, but it was a cobia out of, up off Fraser. 
Ooh. Um, nice, nice big black kingfish. So yeah, it's um, yeah, no, she was a she was a nice one. Oh, over a there you go. Kingfish, don't worry <laughs> yeah. about that spider. He's not just a mechanic. This okay, spider. I just had to ask. Cheers. Thanks for that, Maddie. No problem, guys. Well, Herb, when you search the internet and you talk to people, I put on I was put on to this gentleman from a friend of mine. Yep. And she works for Australian Tourism, and she said. He did a, uh, a podcast and it's all about, it's called Finding Demo Surf Fishing. And well, Brian's joining us right now. Brian, how are we? I am well. How are you tonight? Yeah, yeah, we are good. Yeah, gotta, good, mate. I've got to ask because, uh, look, I've seen the episode. You, uh, you're promoting, um, you know, fishing down under or in Australia to people your side of the world. Can we ask before we do, whereabouts are you and where do you mainly kind of fish? So I am in northwest Florida. I'm right next to Alabama, and I'm right by a town called Pensacola. So we've got nice white sandy beaches, clear water, a lot of the stuff that you guys have on the northeast coast there and all the good stuff you see on the Internet. You've, you've done an episode on, on Australia because, you know, we, we're all trying to do the same thing, don't we? We just try and promote fishing and, and good fishing and sustainable fishing anywhere around the world. Yeah, yeah that's always important right there, the sustainable piece. Got to keep that fish going for many years so everybody gets to enjoy it and have those good memories and also get those good meals. Exactly right, Brian. I can't agree more. There's nothing worse than someone getting a little bit too greedy because they've caught a big fish. All they want to do is take it home. To have that uh, <laughs> yep. memory of that big capture, a photo, and letting that fish swim again, I can't advertise it enough. I think it's the best thing, sustainability in fishing. Yes, sir. Absolutely. What do you chase? Around Florida area? Did you grow up there, or where did you grow up? What got you into fishing, and why are you so passionate about it now? Was it something that you know your dad taught you, or was it just something you grew into? Uh, I did learn a little bit from my family in freshwater fishing, and then uh, in the northeast, in the Maine and Connecticut area, and uh, I moved away from that. My family was military, so we moved around a lot. And then I joined the Marine Corps uh, when I was younger, spent my whole career in that, and didn't get to do a lot of fishing. Uh, too many other things were going on in the world at the time to let me to get out and uh, go enjoy. So I, I unfortunately missed that. Uh, after I retired from the military, I moved over to uh, Tennessee, and it was just kind of a holding point. And we came to Florida to come down just for a holiday, just to get away. And I threw a line in the salt water, and I was hooked. I wanted to surf fish. I would, beach fishing was just my, that was my happy, that was my relaxation. And then when I moved down here permanently, it just continued and got even more intense. So I started fishing more. I started getting into the digital world. Unfortunately, I just kind of fell into it. And then I realized that there was nobody doing podcasting on uh, surf fishing down in our area. Lots of YouTube, tons of YouTube. But uh, I wanted to get into it on my side and give it a different learning perspective. So I continued to fish and continued to hone my skills. And I just fell in love with it more and more. And then that one time I caught that one big fish, it uh, it was over. There was no getting away. So it's... constantly fishing. I was out there today actually going after some red snapper, trying to get some uh, right here in our area. Now you talk about that one big fish prompt. What was it? Yeah, was it a big on. tarpon? Oh, uh, that was a black drum. It was uh, 38, 38 inches, and I think she was right around 40 pounds. Whoa. Beautiful fish, a lot of fun to go with. It's a and, barrel. Uh, easy that to is, catch here. Oh, yeah. It's a barrel. 
Them things yes, pull sir. like a freight train too. Don't, so are you fishing from rocks or is that off the beach you catch your black drum? That's right off the beach. Off wow. Our beaches here, we're very fortunate. Our area is a very strange area. You can catch the black drum, red drum, pompano, mackerels. They'll come in there. You can also, there's also happenstances of cobia will come up. And in the wintertime, you can come right off our beach. We have a pier here in our area that's one of the longest in Florida. And you can actually catch blackfin tuna during the winter months here, just slaying them. So the fishing here is amazing. Yes, sir, you don't have to go out in a boat. We can do it all from shore. Now you're just bragging. You're just showing off, all right, now? (laughs) (laughs) You're fishing. Oh, no, fair. Your fishing is amazing. I have seen nothing but great things. I've loved following up with Go Fish Australia and seeing the things that they've done, seeing how they've really incorporated bringing people in, taking them out to areas that don't get fish a lot, and then the ultimate experience of going out with the Aborigine team and learning all of that skills from so many years before. Your fishery is amazing, and I am absolutely envious of it, and I think it's wonderful what you guys have out there. Yeah, uh, look, it is, and we are we are spoiled, but it's always good to learn from different people around the world. You know, you know, we've spoken yeah. to people from Kenya who have the uh, the triple crown. Yeah, in those. the marlin, that they get a black, a blue, and a stripe in one day or a sail, <laughs> yeah. you know. yeah. Stuff like that, places around the world. There are multiple places around the world, but Florida is one well, that rings a bell. Like the, their tarpon season down there, you can catch off the beach when the bait yep. comes in. They are massive. These things grow over a hundred pound. They're like big, Eat. big shiny silver fish. They look beautiful. They jump. They do all the right things, and you can catch them from the beach. Yes, sir. Right, just to the west of us here in Panama City, they uh, actually caught. Three this week have been noted. Lots of big silver missiles just Ooh. jumping out of the water. Oh. A beautiful monster fish. Well, what is the best time to fish, and what do you use to catch fish during the year? Like, do you have certain seasons? So the season kind of plays into the game with the fall and the spring. It kind of goes back to the water temperature. That's the, always the key. You know how it is with the migratory species. They like that temperature. And if they don't have that temperature, they're going to leave to go find it. So for us, what I've noticed is fall and spring are normally our absolute dynamite times. So I'd say probably the March, April, May uh, time frame here is really good. And then running into the September, October a little bit of November, and you're going to have just lights out, great fishing from the beach, uh, from the boats. You're going to just nail it no matter what because that temperature is perfect. That's what it comes down to. Everything's got to be right. You've got to really study up, and this is why we do this, Brian. We do a podcast on teaching people how, when, where, or how they can get in contact with someone, a charter operator like yourself or or whatever, to show people the ins or the do's and don'ts, I suppose, on on fishing. Because a lot of us, we study for a lifetime trying to catch the best fish of our life. You know, you're forever reading, you're forever learning, you're forever going out. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of hours between smiles. When was the last time you went to a library to catch up on a little bit of fish info, Herb? Oh, my toilet's like the library. I've got that many fishing magazines behind the door. I think I've read every one about three times, but I still pick them up and have a read, you know. No one else That's touches right. them. And, yep, and if it's not that, I mean, if you don't have the magazines, you got your phone, and then you're just scrolling through and seeing because, unfortunately, like my, fa- my Facebook feed, all my social media feeds, 
I'll scroll through and it's like fish, fish, fish. Ooh, big fish. Ooh, where were you, buddy? Oh, you were over there. Okay. You know, it, it's such a great thing. And I've, I say this on my podcast on all the episodes I've ever done is, you know, if you're not learning and you're now the seasoned person that is, you know it all, then share that knowledge because there's going to be somebody else out there that needs it. Yes. And your knowledge is going to be that one do or die that might make that person's whole year yep. with that one nugget of knowledge you gave them to catch that fish. Absolutely. And uh, your podcast, Finding Demo Surf Fishing Podcast, will be found on wherever you do get your podcasts. But outside of Florida, where else do you enjoy fishing? Do you like, uh, you know, do you, do you prefer the salt or do you sometimes go inland and just, uh, you know, try your luck at a little bit of fresh water? Your, your bucket list, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, oh, bucket list. Oh, bucket list. We got to go down south, down to Costa Rica. Uh, you got to go after those roosters, go after those big Kubera snappers. So that, that sounds like a lot of fun that, that's there. Um, I am the worst freshwater fisherman you will ever meet. Uh, you can ask my whole family. I am awful in the freshwater, <laughs> which makes no sense. I mean, I can slay it in the surf. I can nail, you know, you get me the right lure, I can bring you in a mackerel. I can, you know, you give me a set rig, hey, I can get you a red drum. You put me in a bass pond and I'm coming home with uh, a skunk. It's going to happen every time. <laughs> That's just my unfortunate luck that I'll never understand. Um, but, yeah, I, all around here is great. You know, we've got the whole Atlantic Ocean. has been wonderful, good fishing. I've been over there uh, through the southern pieces here with Florida. I've also moved up a little bit, and I've checked out a little bit of Virginia. But the whole eastern seaboard is a really cool fishery for the United States. Uh, Virginia is a really weird mixing bowl because it's the northern fish kind of they hit the brakes and they turn back around when they go south. And then the same thing for the southern fish. That's their little turning point. But you go out to the Pacific Ocean on the West Coast, and I loved fishing out there. You've got a whole different set of species that fight a different way, that like a different set. They, they like to see different things. you got more rock. It's all about knowing those zones. And you always got to talk to the locals so you know those zones and get an idea of what you're playing with. But it, it, you asked an earlier question about what I do with, uh, you know, baiting and stuff like that. It, it, it can play so many different games. It, it just depends on what your what your happiness is. Some days, um, today was a great example. I went out and I was throwing out uh, rigs for red snapper, which meant I was throwing out a just a set to set it in the current and wait. While I was waiting for that, I was throwing another rod off to the side uh, with lures. I was trying to get a couple of Spanish to come in, try to get myself maybe a red drum, see if they can do that. So you can play both games if you just want to let it soak and enjoy the sun and soak it up, or if you want to just keep on whipping it out there, getting after it, or if you're a fly fisherman, same thing. You can fly fish from here, from the beach, and still catch so good. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Now, one thing I want to ask you, being over there, I know this is on the on the uh, west side for you. You're oh, sorry on the yep. yeah on the west side. Have you ever I'm gone in? in yep. Yeah. Have you ever gone into the Gulf of? Uh, California over near Baja there and chasing them big Humboldt squid. See, that's where I failed you. So I was actually stationed in California for a very long time, and unfortunately I did not do that. And it is a huge regret for me that I did not go down there and play in the Gulf. So one day I will go back in there and I will go after those big ones. Oh, that's going to happen. Oh, man, them big Humboldt squid, they're something. What are we talking? Big squid. Oh, they're massive. They'd be you know, sometimes four or five foot long. So it's a fair, fair play mm-hmm. to calamari. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, 
That thing will wrap your arm up quick. They are not tiny, but they, yeah. from what I've been told, they put up a great fight, and they are delicious. Yeah, they are very good eating, apparently. And, uh, yeah, you would not want one of them to wrap its beak on you. Yep. It would tear a hole in you really quickly. Really? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. It's okay. gonna, it, it'll start chewing, and it's coming down to the bone. It wants its meat, and it's going to get it. Yeah. Oh, I got Jesus. I got bit by a squid the other day doing a bit of squidding in the broadwater here. And I grabbed it. That's turned, it was only about 100 or 200 mil long. I used it for bait and caught a Jew with it, so I was pretty happy about that. But it's turned hey. around, grabbed onto me, started biting me. Ah, gee, they got like a parrot beak, and they, they? Don't, they don't stop. <laughs> they just start chewing in. This thing's grabbed onto me. I'm trying to shake it off, and straight away that was the first one to go on the hook. And I got a seventy-eight <laughs> centimeter. I got a seventy-eight <laughs> centimeter Jew off that little live bait. So thank you very much. Even better, right there. That's uh, a win all in itself. Hey Brian, can we ask you? You know, you do get a lot of species. What's your best fish you can eat for Florida? It's it's hard to get away from the pompano. The Florida pompano uh, looks a lot like your guys' permit. Yours is yep. a giant, which I am like, every time I look at it, I go, oh, I need that in my life. Girl, I need that now. Um, yeah, man, it hurts my it hurts my heart when I see those. I'm like, don't you dare throw that back. That's mine. That is mine. Um, so, yeah, with Florida, the, the Florida Pompano is a hard one to get away from. It's a very, it's a lot like yours out there. It's a little bit of that sweet meat, which is kind of strange. But it's wonderful. It's so easy to cook on every different one, frying, broiling, however you want. You can do sashimi. It's a great fish. And they do fight very hard. I've caught a couple of, oh, I call them yep. snub-nosed dart. You still have to pick the best way to cook it. Are you sashimi or? Are you a fry man? Are you a what grill is your man? number one? Uh, my number one's going on the blackstone, right on the blacktop, nice and easy. Throw some blackened seasoning and some butter, nice and easy, all day. Oh, Next 10 yum. minutes, in, out, and done. I ain't got to play around. I want that thing cooked. <laughs> and, Brian, while you're eating that, what is your best beer to wash it down with? Beer? Oh, man, I, I'm a weird one. I'm going with the Holland Garden. Uh, that, that nice little wheat. Uh, that something about a wheat beer gets my attention. Ooh, wheat beer. Okay. Never all had right. one of them. I bet they'd go down a treat, uh, but... It's a nice one. I mean, some days I will say I will get a little snooty, and uh, I uh, I believe it was Samuel Adams uh, here made a made a batch of cherry wheat years ago. I haven't seen it again, but they had this cherry wheat beer that was absolutely perfect with every fish I've ever had, whether it was fried, broiled, baked, uh, sashimi. It just gave the right amount of sweetness to just offset that one little bit of pinch. So it was really oh. good beer. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Brian, now, have you ever come unstuck? You know, fishing is one of those things where you've got to really plan for the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, there's, been a, there's been a couple of those. Uh, I mean, those days come, I, I call that Monday. Um, it's just kind of, you can go out with the best plan intention uh, and it just falls apart on you because that fish turned or that current switched on you. Maybe the tide switched. Uh, who knows? It could be a hundred things, but uh, I think one of the biggest ones that I've run into is in a kayak. Weather showed clear, wind was perfect, all the forecasts were right. We got to the spot, we launched, everything was still looking perfect. But the problem with Florida is Florida likes weather, and uh, <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and turn the rain on. <laughs> so we had a pop-up set of squall that just shut the fish. Uh, it, it made the bite go nuts because the front of the storm came on us and yeah. I couldn't keep a rod in the water. It was, everyone was in the kayak. I just kept on trying to pull one. 
as soon as that storm front passed, that pressure passed and the, the behind side came, we hurt ourselves. There was a lot of rain and a lot of suffering that came before we got to the shore. So wow. that's, that's always what gets me is always the weather that you least expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always got to be prepared for it in some type of yep. form. You, you can never go out there, uh, uh, you know, in complacent and say, yeah, no, nah, I'll be right, I'll be right, because let's face it, shit does happen. I've got to say it, it does happen. <laughs> Damn right it does. And if, you, and if any listener has never seen what a fishing rod looks like after it's been hit by lightning, <laughs> please look that up oh. because it is not good. Medusa's nest. Uh-uh. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, hey, Brian, really appreciate your time. We do uh, thank you. And, you know, I think, um, you know, we said it at the top, it's really important that, you know, anglers really connect with each other around the world and share each other's stories to help people in different parts of the world if they are traveling to get involved i couldn't have said it better myself spider angling is probably the best addiction any human can have it's good for your mental health it's good for your mind it's good for everything so i uh, yeah, appreciate your time brian you take it easy out there on the water over yeah you take care gents be safe out there catch them up well, I'll tell you what, Herb, time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely, that is another episode. Next week, we have got a couple of questions for you, Herb. Ask me, Herb, and you can send them to us. Just hit us up either at uh, TikTok or Facebook, wherever you want. Send us an email, send us a text, whatever questions you've got for Herb. I've got a couple next week, but we're also heading overseas again. Yes, we are. We're going to Kentucky and not the Colonel oh. 21 Bucket Fried God. <laughs> We're going over to Evolve Angler, a guy who does a podcast, loves his fishing, and he's doing exactly what we're doing. So we're going to talk to him about what he talks about. Stay safe on the water. Over.